Bible this morning and didn't bring one with you, uh, there are Bibles here in the front uh, by the corners of the stairs as well as by the back corners of the sanctuary by the doors. And we're camped out. Oh, I thought that'd get more attention. We're camped out in Luke chapter 12 still. We have heard Jesus talk about money, and we have heard Jesus move that conversation about money to a conversation about servitude and having our whole lives be devoted as a faithful servant to to our master, who is our Lord, who is Jesus. And Jesus, after that, did a parable that continued that story of being a faithful servant to God as he is our master and what it means to be found doing the will of God when the Savior comes, when the master comes back. And so now we continue in that story of the master who is returning as well as the master who is the prophet inviting us to be to be focused on doing the work of God by picking up the story in chapter 12, verse 49. And buckle your seatbelts, friends. So this is Jesus speaking. Lord, as we hear your word today, we know that it was not just for that time and place, but it was for now. So Holy Spirit, speak, for your servants are listening. Amen. So Jesus says, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say it is going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say there will be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This is the word of the Lord. Yeah, that's a question worthy. Thanks be to God sometimes, isn't it? Because this, is this is not a promise we would like to see fulfilled, is it? That our houses will be divided. That we hear Jesus speaking of being distressed overwhelmed, stressed out by what he is seeing around him and the work that he knows he has come to this earth to do. Thanks be to God? Well, yes, actually, thanks be to God. Because in this passage, we hear Jesus 
the prophet. And when a prophet speaks, it's an invitation. When a prophet speaks, it's an invitation of turning from the ways you're going and doing to the way of God again. Jesus speaks as a prophet here, a prophet distressed about what he sees that does not belong in the kingdom of God, but is being done by his people. Servants who call him their master, who call God their master, but are not living the character of God in the world. And like all of the prophets that came before Jesus who invited the people of God to look at their lives and every facet of it, Jesus does it again. Moving from money to our focus as his servants to being faithful servants who willingly and eagerly and full of joy and thanksgiving serve our faithful and exceptional master to being faithful servants who serve with the character of that master to hear this warning that Jesus has come to divide his household between people who follow that way and people who claim the name of Christian and do not follow that way. So often this story has been, and it serves as a great comfort for people in this case when it does, has been about people coming to faith and having that be a division in their household because they've come to faith. But Jesus is talking about more than salvation here. Jesus is talking about the character of the lives of those who call themselves his beloved. Jesus is talking about the faithful servitude of his people. Because that's the work of the prophet. It is about the moral life of the people and how it shows the character and the character of the king of God and the character of the kingdom of God. And so God says, I came to proclaim the kingdom of God. And what were the first words that Jesus preached about that kingdom? Repent. For the kingdom of God has come near. Repent for the kingdom of God has come near. Repent. Otherwise, households are divided. Church, we know this today. How many of us look at our news feeds or watch our Facebook friend list dwindle because we can't handle the conflict we have with each other as fellow Christians because we hold such differing views on things? What if that is the work of Jesus dividing his church as a prophet? What if this is a refining work for the fire that Jesus wishes was already kindled in our midst? A fire that if it had been different, what would Jesus' ministry on on earth had been about? He says, I wish that this fire was already kindled here. And the stress that Jesus talks about in this passage is not a stress that is about his own ability to accomplish his task. He is distressed by what he sees around him. It's in the passive voice. That which distresses me, how that distresses me, what I am seeing in this world. 
of people who are called by my name but are not living in the power and the beauty of that name. How I wish that fire had already been kindled. And throughout scripture, the image of fire is what? An image of judgment. It's an image of the Holy Spirit's coming. It is an image of the word of God coming with conviction to, to God's people. How do I wish this fire was already kindled because I am so distressed by what I see in this world and I have a purpose to fulfill, a baptism with which I have been baptized and called and given a purpose by the Holy Spirit, Jesus says. And that purpose is not to bring a false peace. That purpose is to proclaim the truth of Jesus as we know it in his life, but the truth of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in this world. Truth that is heard in God's command, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. Truth that is known in the character of Jesus' life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his rule and reign as the king and master of all that there is. Fire that is known in the refining work of the Holy Spirit who makes us more and more like our master, willing to serve and to love, and to be people who are known for his kingdom, and who do not need the fire to be rekindled in us. Jesus says, I come to bring division. I come to preach the true gospel, and to call out the false gospels. This is why Jesus overturned the tables with the people who were selling in his holy place, cutting off other people's connection to him. This is why Jesus taught in parables that tried to get people to understand. This is why Jesus opened his arms to people in society who were unclean and unholy. I have come and I have a baptism with which I have been baptized, a purposeful calling. This language of baptism is about purposeful calling for all of life. I have come and this is my purpose because the fire that God has given to his people has run out and is not burning brightly. And so Jesus says that part of the reason why I am here is to draw that line of people who think they got it and who think they got it from me, but really didn't talk to me at all about it. Of things that have been given the name Christian, but do not belong to the kingdom of God. Those, Jesus says, can go. Those can go. And then he says, I don't understand how you don't know. I don't understand how you can have missed this. Given the place and the time when Jesus says, when the water, when you see the clouds coming, you know it's going to rain. Well, because the clouds are formed from moisture on the Mediterranean Sea. And when you see the clouds forming, it means rain's coming. Or when the wind comes from the south... It's because the wind is, is going to be hot, and you know this, because the south is the desert. 
where it's hot. You know these things, and yet you do not see, you do not see the things that you have let into my house and under my name that do not belong. And so I have come. I have come, and it will result in division. I have come because this is my purpose as the God of truth. Friends, we see this in the history of the church around the world. We see how this work had to be done with the rise of Nazism in Germany and how the church became a supporter. We see the way in which Christians were people who were lynching other human beings in the South. We see this in all around the world, plenty of stories that could be told. Dick's lending me a book about a woman named Kate Bushnell who was a medical missionary, and part of the work that she did was she investigated trafficking of humans, of women in particular, of prostitution rings, around the world, in Wisconsin to India. And the only thing that she found in common, besides the abuse, were that it was Christian men who were doing it. Jesus comes to bring division These things do not belong to his name. And this is what she said. There's got to be something wrong with what we're teaching about what it means to be a follower of Jesus if this is the sort of thing that we allow in the house of God and in God's world and in God's kingdom. I don't want peace if it's going to look like that, Jesus says. Because that's not true peace. Peace that is known in the shalom and the well-being of all people. No matter what their creed is, no matter what their nationality is, no matter what their citizenship status is. And so we have to be aware and knowledgeable about the ways of God so that we can see the false gospels that are around us and are getting the use of his name for their evil purposes. We have to be able to recognize the ways in which the evil one is still at work and trying to use the name of God, which is holy and beautiful and pure for his purposes. Where he is calling us to a false peace so that more suffering and hardship and heartache can happen. This is the baptism with which Jesus is baptized and the work that the Holy Spirit continues in his church today. This is the struggle that we feel, at least I feel, and this sometimes is with my literal family, about things like the family separation policy that's happening on the southern border. About things like whether or not there's too many immigrants in Canada and attitudes towards refugees and whether or not we should pay for their travel costs to come. These are the things where we wonder whether or not God would care if we steward his creation well. These are the things that we must know the way of God about so that we can tell the false gospels that seek to imprison us and by imprisoning us, imprison other people. 
These are the things that Jesus said are worth dividing about. How I wish that the fire was kindled in my people. How I wish that the Holy Spirit's work was alive already in them. These are the stories we hear when we hear about nations who are willing to confess their wrongdoings and their national sins and work towards restoration and reconciliation in the world instead of denying the past that keeps us all in chains. These are the stories and the ways in which we do not just accept someone's claim that they are a Christian or that their position is a Christian one, but we ask questions. We wonder and we pray. We discern the spirits of the time and proclaim true gospel. We proclaim the purposes of God in the world. We seek God's true peace and shalom and wholeness for not just ourselves, but for everyone. We seek to be people who preserve and sanctify life at whatever stage it's at. We seek to be people who are known for the hospitality of our God, whose grace is abundant and merciful and who has given the world everything that it needs and has promised us through prayer that we will get what we need. And so there is enough for everyone who speaks to our fears so that our fears cannot become what control us, which is usually what leads us to seek those false pieces. How I wish, Jesus says, These things were already in my people, but I have come so that they might be. I have come as prophet and priest and king for my people to show them the way, to show them what a living sacrifice life looks like, to show them what holiness looks like in the flesh, to show them the invitation of our God, to choose the truth of our God. The invitation to stand with the true Gospels. A few weeks ago, we as a denomination, uh, the denominational agency leaders and our executive directors, both in Canada and in the United States, released a statement about the mass shootings that had been happening in the U.S., but about larger issues that we see in this world that cannot have the church stay silent about. This is a word of division for the church of God. These are words about what is holy and right and true. This is a word about the true gospel and how we are to stand for it. So I'll just read to you an excerpt from it. We are at a moral turning point. As Christian Reformed people, it is our job Not only to preach the gospel of Christ, but to challenge false gospels in society. We are called not only to see all of humanity as image bearers of God, but also help others see the world in this way. After just having declared kinism a heresy at Synod 2019, 
we as a denomination must make a choice. Either we stand with the moral vision of Jesus or we stand with the vision of those, who spe- of those speaking and committing evil in the name of white supremacy. With this in mind, we call on all members of the CRCNA to take an active stance against false narratives. We ask them to stand up against racism and acts of white supremacy. We ask them to speak up against words of misogyny and, ha- and of hatred toward immigrants. We ask them to be proactively anti-racist, proactively anti-sexist, and proactively to promote the dignity of all people. The statement goes on to include prayer points. I invite you to read the statement in its fullness, which is available on the CRC's website. How did we get to a place where we cannot see and tell the things of God that are not the things of God? Jesus asked that question 2,000 years ago. And he continues to ask this church that question today. But we are not without hope. He has shown us what we are to do. He has imbibed and enlivened this message and kindled it through the work of the Holy Spirit in so many of you. So continue to lead us. Continue to bring fair trade goods, Joan that help women escape sex trafficking and make a life for themselves. Continue to help feed hungry people, Peter, and all the Loaves and Fishes volunteers by meeting needs. And those of you who are on the board for ICCS, continue to help the disenfranchised and the marginalized and the people at need in this community have a safe shelter over their heads for themselves. And I know that there's more of you that I'm not naming and saying. But continue to grow in the knowledge of what is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Continue to know and to seek the truth of Jesus so that you might discern and test the spirits and speak boldly about what does not belong to his name. And may your lives proclaim what does. Amen. Lord, we pray that the division you bring will not last for long, but that your church will turn and repent from the things that it needs to repent of. We are so grateful for your steadfast faithfulness, for your patience with us. The fact that even though we deserve it with some of these things that we do to our fellow human beings, you do not turn your wrath upon us. We look to the ways in which the church, through people like Bonhoeffer, got it right during World War II. We look to the way of repentance that the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in both South Africa and here in our own country sought to get it right and to tell the true gospel story. We pray that you will make us people who care deeply about the truth of your world, the ultimate truth of what is good and what is right and what is holy and noble, that we will know these things because we have set our hearts and our minds on things above, things with you. 
that we will put to death the old self and put on the new self, which is being clothed in likeness and the renewal of its image, which is you, Jesus. So may we grow in our Christ-likeness and may your church be found faithful to its work. Because you have called us to this work. You have made us your prophets, your priests, your kings, your rulers here in this world. And so may your kingdom come. May your will be done. May we know your love is our power and our purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We sing a 